Hello and welcome to Real Time with Women Leaders in Pharma. I'm TJ Geddes, Senior Commercial Director at Empower Farm, and I have the pleasure of being your host for today's episode. Our topic today is negotiation, and I'm thrilled to be speaking with a well-recognized expert in this area, Millie Davis. Millie is in her fifth year as a negotiation consultant with Scott Work North America, where she's helped five of the seven largest pharmaceutical companies optimize their deal-making. Before joining Scott Work, Millie was a key deal-maker herself, serving as the Vice President of Business Development for MarketStar, an Omicron agency, as well as in several roles for Microsoft's retail and channel sales. Her contact info will also be available on our website at womanleadersinpharma.com. Negotiation is a hot topic, and this is one that many of our listeners uh, are often asking to know more about. Millie, perhaps we can start with what is negotiation? <laughs> well, hello, TJ. I'm excited to be here with you today. Uh, thanks for hosting. Um, so negotiation, what is it? Um, well, quite frankly, the way we like to talk about it is, is it, it's a trading exercise at the end of the day. Um, and, and I think there are a lot of myths out there around what negotiation is or what it isn't. Um, I think a lot of people think or use uh, persuasion as their negotiation method of choice. And uh, a lot of times I think we've all been over persuaded in our lives. And uh, again, one of the things we always try to draw back to when it comes to negotiation is trading. Um, and I think of a lot of times people also think of negotiation as a very competitive thing. Like we see things on TV, as you know, uh, and it negotiation is, is actually doesn't have to be a conflictual situation or a competitive or aggressive one. It's sort of maybe what we've been trained to believe that it is, but it's not. Uh, what we find is that really skilled negotiators are those that are very collaborative and are actually looking for uh, an outcome that is positive for both parties, that is a mutual win, if you will. Um, and so that's something, that's what we do here at Scott Work. We spend a lot of time on that skill development. Uh, the way that I talk about it oftentimes is um, our more competitive negotiators, those that are really about trading, uh, the give to get, if you will, um, they tend to only see problems as nails. And so they only have the hammer. And we oftentimes try to spend a lot of time helping people expand their toolbox when it comes to negotiating so that they learn how to trade throughout the negotiation process and remove the, um, like I said, the conflict or the negative essence that tends to, to be sidled with negotiations. The mindset you highlight, Millie, it really is so important. And I've read some of your LinkedIn posts and the po point you make about focusing on the progress rather than the winning, which you just described, really is extremely piv pivotal, I think, to this. And as you suggest, can ultimately help support and speed up the negotiation. Yeah, like um, to your point, it, it's we talk a lot about or people talk a lot about the win-win when it comes to negotiations. And they oftentimes think that that win-win is a 50-50 split. And so we spend a lot of time talking about knowing what a good deal is for yourself. And that doesn't always mean a 50-50 split. <laughs> it might mean different things for different people, but that's where the progress or the process 
the framework of a negotiation is really important so that you understand what a win is for you. Uh, it doesn't have to be, like I said, a 50-50. Excellent, excellent. So now that we have a really clear understanding of what negotiation is and what it isn't, can we talk a bit about where you can use negotiation effectively? <laughs> uh, well, technically, you can use negotiation effectively personally, professionally, wherever you would like. But I think a lot of your members uh, had mentioned things around like performance reviews or salary negotiations or stuff like that. And negotiation comes into play quite effectively uh, in, in any of those spaces. Uh, I'll take the performance review thing because I know that was something that really came uh, through in one of the surveys for the members. And the hard part about a performance review is that that's really about receiving information. So people may not recognize they could be in a negotiation opportunity here because a lot of times when you're meeting your manager to get whatever rating your company gives or whatever that might mean, um, they, they see it as I'm just getting information and I have to deal with whatever came my way, which in some cases is the truth. But this could be a very missed opportunity from a negotiation perspective in the performance review. This is a great time to become extremely curious and to understand the why. So a great negotiator is built off the back of great questions. And so let's say you get a performance review that you love. Ask why. What was it about this performance that I have delivered that is going to make me continually successful? If maybe you didn't get the review you wanted, same questions apply. It's really important that you understand this because then you can use that information. So maybe this isn't an optimal negotiation right now because your performance review is your performance review, but it's how you use the information you acquired during that review in order to um, create the environment you want going forward. And so there's, to, I like what you said, TJ, about progress or process. You can use the performance review as part of that negotiation process. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I love how that you're, again, the whole mindset of going into it, that this is not a uh, competitive uh, yeah. uh, or, or I need to go in here with a competitive mindset, but it's more of a discussion and thinking about that, that curiosity on how can I get the most out of this discussion by finding out what those questions are. And those questions really help us, uh, push us to determine what we want out of that, yes. which can ultimately help those negotiation um, discussions for yourself, as well as the, the fulsome uh, process. Yeah. And, and again, that's, that's, that's the, again, if people go into it with that right mindset of, you know, just having those questions ready and, you know, being curious because they can now repurpose any of the information they glean from that performance review situation. They can use that in the discussions around, you know, a salary increase or a job title, uh, you know, or whatever that opportunity might be. Like, what are the actions I need to take in order to create the deal that I want going forward. 
Excellent. Do you have another example around uh, that? Yeah, let, again, yeah, let me definitely expand on that because um, I was mentioning your members talked about performance review, but they also talked about what what they do if I, okay, maybe I didn't get the review that I wanted. And so now maybe I'm considering a different job, maybe within the same company or a different company. And so what do we do when we're looking to negotiate, let's say a new opportunity was something that, like I said, came up with your members as well. So um, the thing I love, I, I've actually just done a bunch of, of this. I've, I've helped a lot of clients recently on this. I don't know what it is, if this is a, a COVID hangover or, or what, but definitely been helping people negotiate new job opportunities. And I always like to, um, when I work with people, I'm like, all right, let's, let's start at the beginning here. We need to understand maybe what our limit might be. So what do I have to have when I'm going into a job? What's a must <laughs> versus then there's always the, I'd like to have. So if you're like me, there's the must have to pay my rent and feed myself. And then there's the like to have where I want to travel with my extra money. So I like people to take a step back and think about what compensation means to them and then what compensation means to them. So there's obviously the financial element, but there are tons of other things that people don't think about when they think about their salary negotiations or their compensation, as I like to say, because that's more holistic of what they're looking for. So are they thinking about, okay, maybe you didn't get the salary you were looking for, but what about vacation time or being able to work from home or a car allowance or travel allowance or you know any kind of other features or benefits that the company can offer? And uh, I can give you a couple examples, like I mentioned, that I, I, I've just recently dealt with. So um, I had a client, who was, and again, this is me just trying to get people to think creatively about the way they negotiate, which is really a gift in itself. Uh, anyway, so I had a client who was living in uh, Vietnam and considering a job in Dubai. And upon uh, considering the offer, obviously there was a relocation package involved with that. And the relocation package obviously had a ceiling as many relocation packages do. And they still had other expenses that were going to be involved in moving from Vietnam to Dubai. And instead of automatically just getting into sort of a competitive negotiation around a base salary or wanting more money in relocation that maybe their company couldn't accommodate, they got creative. We got creative with it. And um, what they did is they got sort of an upfront bonus in uh, for relocation dollars. And then what they did is they took a lower base salary for three months. So front loaded the money uh, again. So got creative on, okay, here's what I need right now. I can't go outside the relocation package of the company because that's their policy. Oftentimes we'll get stuck in that situation. Instead, we got creative and said, okay, we'll get this money up front, but we'll take a bit of the hit in the base salary for three months to essentially repackage that deal. Um, that was one. Uh, another one that I had a really good time with recently, um, a woman was applying for, uh, or was going to accept a chief of staff job for a company. And uh, she wasn't getting the base salary that she wanted. So we were kind of 
brainstorming, what do we do here? How can we get this closer to the number that we want? So what she was able to do, um, she offered up, she said, if you were willing to give me this base salary, I'm willing to forgo my uh, medical benefits. And so for her, she didn't need the medical benefits because she was covered by her partner. And this was something that didn't cost her anything, but allowed her then to get the base salary that she wanted because she could trade like we were talking about with what is really negotiation about. It's about trading. So she was willing and able to trade for medical benefits for a higher base salary. Um, and then me personally, I do this all the time. Any, pretty much most of the jobs that I've had, I have negotiated for vacation time. So if I can't get the salary or some other benefit that I want, I usually go after more vacation time in my, my salary negotiations. So I love that advice, Millie, that the whole idea of being creative and thinking about what is important to you from a compensation package. And I think finally the industry is moving that way, uh, especially in today's world where um, the what's important for our work, what's important for our career and even personally has changed and expanded. And we're really thinking out of the box, uh, which can help us dig into what we are looking for. Even my own experience, uh, I'll share with you that I was uh, negotiating a, a package. And for me, health benefits and having that executive level health benefits with private providers, et cetera, it is, was really, really important. And it was a company that was very much focused on that. And for me, that was investing in my health and the employee's health. Uh, and for me, that was a, a huge part of why I ended up taking the position. Um, and I think there's more and more ways we can think creatively about this whole compensation package. And then if you're negotiating and asking those questions, it also speaks to uh, the create creativity and innovation that you're bringing to that company right from the get go. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's even simple things. I mean, I like where you're talking about sort of that medical and those benefits, but it can even be simple things. Uh, you know, I've worked with a client, you know, where they were really interested in, in FaceTime, time with an executive. And that was something that was important to them, which is important for us to understand what it is that we want. Um, and, and so for them, it was what kind of FaceTime do I have with the CEO? Simple, like it, it seems, but we don't even think to ask sometimes. Um, and because we're not asking enough of the questions on our own. Absolutely. And they can't know what's important to us unless we're sharing that information. So right. ah, really, yes. very, very valuable um, information. Thanks for that. Yeah. One of the things we like to say is there is nothing wrong with telling somebody what you want. You don't always have to tell them how much you want it. True. So. Yeah, but they can't read your mind. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> you've gotta, you've, I know. I wish I had that skill. It does not come along with negotiation consultant slash mind reader. It does not for any of us, right? <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> can we now talk a little bit about, um, can you always predict when you'll need to negotiate? <laughs> um, I do hear this a lot as well. People are like, I didn't even know I was in a negotiation until I was in it. Um, and so that is, 
I mean, part of the exercise is starting to learn what a negotiation does look like. How am I in it? And one of the things that we hear a lot, people hate the word no. <laughs> there, And so they think when they hear the word no, they're not in a negotiation. And I always like to say, um, no should not be a feared word. It should sound like opportunity to you. And so we spend a lot of time talking about no is just the beginning. It is a, a start of a conversation and it goes back to that, that good dialogue um, that we need to have. And so it's finding a way um, to get to yes on a deal. And it's, again, it's, it's just learning to recognize that no is not a bad word and that this is a chance to start asking a lot of questions. Now, with that said, there was a recent article that came out around non-promotable work. I'm not, I, I'm not sure if you've have read it, but this is another opportunity when people don't recognize that they might be in a negotiation opportunity. Um, I mean, we oftentimes will take on non-promotable work and it's non-promotable. And I have, let me tell you, I have made this mistake in my life before. So I've done it wrong and I've done it right through learning how to use negotiation to my favor. Um, when I was working at Microsoft, I had taken on a couple big projects, chairing a couple committees. And quite frankly, they were not promotable work. It was just some, I was like, oh, I want to help with the team. Yes, I want to do the charity stuff. Yes, that's great. Not promotable at all. Um, now, alternatively, I, again, this is sort of a negotiation. You don't think you're in it, but you are. And I, I was working on one of our biggest product launches and my boss had come in and there was just, just this very small, insignificant product that really required no attention in my opinion. <laughs> but my boss comes walking in my office. What about this? What about this? And I'm like, hold on, let me just understand here for a second. You, you want me to take my attention. I just want to make sure I'm, I'm making my trade here. You want me to take my attention from the biggest product launch we'll have all year to focus on something that doesn't, isn't a big priority at all. I just want to make sure that I'm understanding correctly. You would like me to trade this for this right now. This is all the time I have. I'm already working this many hours. Please tell me this is what you want me to do. And when I put the responsibility back on the other party for this, what would have been very non-promotable work, I was like, well, no, I want you to do the other thing. And here was my trade. I, I was able to get the opportunity like, okay, no. Okay. So then it's okay that I'm not focused on that. And that's, that's actually another big thing because we do, all of us do get asked to do tasks like this, whether it's, you know, are you onboarding a new employee and training them or whatever? This is an opportunity for trade as well. Um, we oftentimes like to say, or I, we um, like to say, look, put a, a time constraint on it. Any of these projects that might be coming to you that aren't maybe promotable, put a time time block on it and say, okay, yes, I will, you know, if you'll, if you'll give me <clears throat> only this many hours, or, you know, if you'll only require me to do this for so many hours, then yes, I will do that because I have these other functions to <laughs> execute. 
So we like to put uh, a bit of a time box on it. The other thing we love to, to uh, encourage people to do is if somebody is asking you to do non-promotable work, use that to promote your promotable work. So if there is a project that you are really uh, wanting to be on or that you need more eyes on, trade for that. Say, okay, you know what? If you're willing to give me um, you know, more resources for X or you're willing to let me present at the next exec meeting, whatever it is, look for the trade off for that non-promotable work. Um, convert that non-promotable work into something promotable for yourself. Brilliant. <clears throat> Pardon me. Brilliant. Um, so often as, and I remember at the beginning of my career when they, a, a job or an opportunity as it was often framed came up, I would be the first to put up my hand because I was keen and thought that my days had much more than 24 hours like everybody else's. But as we get more experience, <clears throat> the um, and how you describe to really evaluate what that opportunity is providing and what it's taking away. I love that time box uh, analogy where you think about what is the value of spending your time doing that, the value to you, right? Both personally, uh, promotable work as you talk about it, which is so critical and taking that to the next level where you're using that to first that you ask the question, is this important? Where am I taking it away from these other important things that they do? And I think you provide that opportunity to even take it to that next level where you say, I can do that, but I would really like to do this. How can we um, negotiate? It's not the right word, but how can you help me be able to do this or have this exposure or have this experience so that um, that I'm really in, interested in so that I, and I can give you what you need on this side of things. So I think that's a really important thing. And I think it's a really valuable, especially as women, as we, as we navigate our careers um, and determine what is important to promote us, whether it's up into uh, or to other areas, uh, to have our most fulfilling career. Yeah, it's it's really a lot about, again, 100% with you. I'm, I was always one of those eager people as well, like team player, I yes, I'll help. And not always serving myself. And what it does um, is we set precedence a lot of times where it's like, oh, I know Millie will do this. I know Millie will do that. And what we have to learn to do is train the other party to know that, yes, I'm a team player, but I'm going to trade for something to help. I mean, again, it sounds selfish, but it's not. It's it's truly, you, you know, give to get at the end of the day. Trade, trade, trade. If you If everybody here listening does not take that away from this conversation, negotiation is about trading. Always be looking to trade for those opportunities. You can give for something as long as you're getting. Great point, great point. Uh, thank you again for that. And I'll just touch on one thing that uh, I recall from the your previous comment and is that is not being scared of no. That that is the opportunity. And, and we often 
uh, speak about this as part of the selling skills model too, that when someone says no, that opens that door for us to ask questions to find out what is important to that individual. Um, and to not, and especially as, as Canadians, we tend to be a little bit less um, forthcoming uh, and that we need to be comfortable in that no, to take some time to pause and maybe let that silence uh, ferment uh, and, and determine what that question is that's going to engage that person so you can uh, further progress to determine what is important to them that is also important to you. Yeah, it's a, an excellent point. And we we joke about this a little bit, but we refer to children when it comes to no. When you tell for those uh, parents out there that are, are listening to this, when your child hears the word no from you, do they stop? They don't. They keep right on going. No is just an introduction to another opportunity. So that's how we want people to think about their negotiations is when you hear no, you should smile and take that as gold and just start finding out why they're telling you no in the first place. Absolutely. And and, and our kids ask a question once you say no. So we should. Uh... You got it. I, I don't know when we lose that in our, our DNA, but uh, uh, children are amazing negotiators. They understand the meaning of how to find their way to yes. Great analogy. As we wrap things up, um, can you talk a little bit, Millie, about what people should take away when they think about negotiating? Sure. I mean, obviously, this is a, a brief exchange between us here. And so we're only really scratching the surface of what negotiation really is or recognizing the framework in which uh, negotiations take place. Um, and obviously, both... Um, you know, on your site, your website, and obviously on scottwork.com as well. Uh, we have lots of coaching and skill development opportunity to help people through this process. But there are really three pillars um, to any negotiation. And that's really, first off, we've got the negotiator and their skills. So the, the skills of the negotiator are important. Um, it's also really important to understand that every deal is unique. And so there is the deal itself that is going to influence this overall deal-making ecosystem, as we refer to it, uh, at Scott Work. And finally, there's the system that the, the deal and the negotiator are working within. That can be the stakeholders, that can be the culture, uh, the style. There's all kinds of different things that play. So really skill, deal, system, those are the three pillars of any good deal-making ecosystem. Um, and it's really kind of doing the homework to understand those things as you go into a negotiation so that you're actually really prepared to execute well and get the deal that you want. I love that concept of the deal-making ecosystem. It's so tangible and breaking down and assessing not only if you have those skills, but also the process or the system, as you say, in place to support that negotiation, that knowledge is really powerful. And I think knowing that's in place and creating that throughout your organization and those cross-functional teams really creates the confidence 
which helps us further support and speed up the negotiation. Yeah. I mean, that's one of, I mean, a couple of the things we really focus on are efficiency and value in a deal and really understanding those, again, three components of the deal eco or, you know, the deal making ecosystem. Uh, it does provide that confidence. I like that you mentioned that, TJ, that people, when they really, because uh, negotiations often are seen as conflictual or negative, and when they start to break it down, again, understanding their skills, understanding the deal, understanding the system, they really can create a level of confidence that puts them um, in a position that they no longer have to feel like negotiation is a bad thing. It's actually can be a very positive thing that creates value for both parties. Millie, thank you so much for having this discussion today and for sharing your approach and your experience in this area. Negotiation is such an important topic um, and you've provided some practical approaches that can really help us uh, have more confidence and more success um, in negotiation. Thank you also to our listeners. Um, Millie and Scott work can provide coaching and training to optimize any aspect of the deal-making ecosystem listeners are currently wrestling with. There are resources from Scott Work on the WLP website, and you can contact Millie directly. Thank you for joining us here at Real Time with Women Leaders in Pharma. Special thanks to Millie Davis for being our speaker today. We hope you found this podcast valuable. I know um, I really enjoyed and learned a number of things throughout this discussion. To find out more about WLP, where we strive to empower women to reach their full potential, visit womenleadersinpharma.com.